Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review. And better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. You can also take the HR Like a Boss survey at willery.com forward slash HRLAB. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals. These conversations create the foundation for my book on what it takes to do HR Like a Boss. On today's episode, I was delighted to be referred to Wendy Worthington. Wendy is the Corporate HR Director at CIFCO Industries. Wendy, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. Super happy to be here. You got it. I appreciate you taking the time. I know we were talking before we started the press record that kind of nice to have a little bit of a different distraction to your day of uh, being on a podcast and doing something a little bit different. So hopefully we have a good time. And for those that are listening, we can learn, learn a thing or two from Wendy. All right. So, Wendy, for those that don't know you, uh, other than your corporate HR director role, maybe you could share a little bit about your background and what you're currently working on. Sure. I have uh, always been in HR, although I was I was an accidental HR employee. I was uh, interviewing for a different position and they pulled me out and they said, hey, we think you might be better in HR. And uh, I was in college and just wanted a job. So I said, OK. Um, and uh, that's, that's kind of where it all started. I, uh, I started uh, in a specialist role and then moved to generalist roles. I've had uh, corporate roles and business unit roles. Um, I've been in financial services and manufacturing. So I feel lucky to have had a lot of varied uh, HR experiences. That's awesome. I have to ask, what was that, that? Do you remember the job you were interviewing back when you got, where you literally pulled out of a room and said, I think she might be a better candidate for HR? Was it, tell, tell me about that. Yeah, it was, it was at the end of a day. So I was interviewing for a, a management training program in financial services. And they said, well, we really think you'd be uh, better as a compensation analyst. So I ended up uh, starting off in compensation. And do you remember who that person was? Do you remember by chance the one that kind of played, played that fateful uh, turn in your, in your destiny? I, I, I can see the recruiter and I remember her first name was Patty. Okay, good. No, I, I love those stories. I had a, a one of my first guests that was on the show uh, was in IT originally and did HRIS Technologies, the incoming president at uh, Cleveland Sherm, George Sample. And someone recognized him as having the skills and knowledge to, to be able to, and competencies to do well in, in HR. So he, he left his IT kind of career path and got into HR. And oh my gosh, whoever that person was, was spot on. And we, we need more, more people doing that to uh, find the best talent and put them into HR. So congratulations to whoever that was and making the most of it. So I'd like to get, uh, other than getting to know you, I'd like to get things started at a very high level. So Wendy, in, in your years of experience, how would you describe the purpose of human resources? To me, it's, it's all about alignment and it's, it's all about connectivity. It's about aligning people with the business strategies and connecting them to the tools that they need to be successful in meeting those strategies. And it's also a lot about um, organizational culture more and more. Um, and, and HR has a role in really helping the organization discover what that culture is and what our values are and how to use that culture and use those values to really drive success. You know, it's, that's great. I, I love that alignment and connectivity. Is there a particular challenge that you see maybe 
over your career of, of being able to create um, that, that alignment and connectivity for, between your employees, obviously, and then ultimately your employer? You know, I think alignment with the employees and the business goals has gotten easier and easier. Um, and I, I think it's something that, that most of the employees in the workforce understand and value now. You know, to me, the, the toughest thing is alignment around that culture. That's the piece that, that is it's just more elusive uh, because it's much more you know, difficult to put your finger on a culture and on organizational values. So that's the piece that I think really requires a lot of work. So how, how do you do that? So that's, that's the barrier we have. So it's, it's, it's kind of a, maybe it's not a quantifiable thing. A culture is a, is a living, breathing you know, part of your organization. Can you necessarily measure it one way or the other? I'm sure yeah. we probably could find a way to do that. But what, what, what kind of gets in your way of, of and, and how do you remove that barrier of uh, the, the fact that culture is, can be an enigma and, and, and very dynamic? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I mentioned to you before we got started on the recording that I appreciated some of the thought starters because it really got me thinking. And I was reminded of, of something I did probably 10 years ago, and it was 100% stolen. So I can take no credit for it. Uh, but we went through uh, a process of defining our organizational values because we wanted to drive cultural change. And I was just doing some Googling and looking for best practices on this. And I ran across an article um, and, and this individual said, the biggest mistake you make is thinking that it's up to the leadership team in HR to define your values and your culture. And he said, instead, it's up to you to discover the values and the culture that already exist in your organization. And, and he, he kind of posed the challenge, if you had to recolonize your company on Mars and your rocket ship only fit eight to 10 people, who would you put on it? Now go talk to those people and they'll tell you what values and what culture you already have that's already making you successful. And we did that. Um, so I, we identified these people and I facilitated some conversations with them. And then I took that to the leadership team and said, here are the values and here are the culture that our most valued employees see in the organization and want to see more. And now it's our job to bring that about. So that I think is if, if you do it that way and say our, our employees really have these answers, this is not about the leadership team driving it, it's about the employees telling us how they wanna be led. Um, that really changes the discussion. And that for us has been so meaningful. Um, we, we have it on our career section and our website. We talk about the fact that these are employee-driven values. We tell every new hire that story. And for some reason, that, that is really powerful and kind of getting them engaged in it right away when they, when they hear that, oh, the, the employees at this company drove this. I, I really appreciate that. It's, it's so funny. I've, I thought about this a lot, not only just writing the book, but in, in forming my company back in 2010 and then getting recognized for some of the, the culture achievements that we had had uh, been able to, to reach early on in our business career. And I was asked, how, how did you, how did that happen? How did you make that happen? And I, I took no credit for it, right? The only, only credit I guess I could take is I started the firm and I was blessed to hire some really great people. And over a period of time, that culture was formed and we went to the same exercise. We we try to identify what those, we call it the Willery way and those core values are that align back to our purpose. And it was an incredibly collaborative process. 
and, yeah. and frankly, in that, I'm wondering, Wendy, if your leadership team, again, I know it was 10 years ago, uh, so maybe you've had a fair amount of change or things are certainly different, but I've come to find that the more that you do things like that in your business, instead of leadership edicting things down that they think is best based upon data, it's getting insight from the people that are doing the jobs every single day and what do they think we should be doing. And I think that creates that synergy that, like you said, that alignment and connectivity because all of a sudden it's not a one way down thought process and the team members or employees think that they're involved. I wonder what you think about that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that kind of springboarded into a, um, a commitment to continuous improvement that we have. Our mission statement actually talks about a relentless commitment to continuous improvement. And our primary method for achieving that is to have employee-led events on how we can improve things. So we started out and there was a small group of people trained and it was, was kind of leadership led. And within a few years of, of starting this continuous improvement process, and again, it goes back probably 10 years ago, um, we had more than 50% of our continuous improvement events being led by employees. We had people raising their hands saying, hey, I've got an idea for an event that we can lead. So it really does snowball into something really powerful. That's perfect. That's perfect. No. And I know one of the things we were going to talk about was having a, the biggest impact on your employees in the organization. I, I wonder if, if, if that's it. Is, is that the thing that you've come to find this kind of collaborative, continuous improvement, this iterative process around everything inside of your business from probably how you acquire a client to how you deliver your service or design your product, et cetera. I'm curious as to where you're seeing the biggest impact of the things that HR is focusing its time on? It's definitely, you know, continuing to support that, that very collaborative culture and that focus on continuous improvement. And it's part of that focus is to make sure that our leaders understand that um, we're gonna make mistakes. And, and we did some training and, and they, we, we kind of said a mistake is just another way of doing something right? You know, you don't have to try that one again. <laughs> so you can focus on what you do want to try next. And it's this concept of fail forward. So I think if HR can, can help us understand that if someone is doing something for all the right reasons and toward the right end, and they stub their toe a little bit, that's okay. We can recover from that as long as we have people focused on what the right end goal is. Yeah. And I think the most really cool thing that you were just sharing there, for me, Wendy, is that I think at some point your employees start to police that culture and that environment so that when you, you as leadership maybe doesn't do that as often, they'll raise their hand. I'm coming to find that myself. And then also when you bring new people in that, that fit into that, great. And when maybe they don't, right, then all of a sudden they start to stick out yeah. uh, and, you, and you're way more careful in your evaluation of candidates and the development of those that are on your team. So really cool. So I know we talked a little bit about you starting your career and it was certainly an interesting one in HR originally interviewing for a different position at the company you landed that role. If, if you had some, some, uh, an ability to go back to that point and give yourself at that time, some advice, knowing what you know now, what would that be? Be more confident. Um, ask more questions, ask tons and tons and tons of questions. I think because it happened in such an accidental way, I felt like I couldn't let on that I didn't know anything about HR. <laughs> and so I found myself kind of being quiet and maybe studying up on my own. Um, and I look back on that now and I realize if I had just said, hey, 
I don't know anything about this. What can you tell me? Um, I could have, I could have gotten so much more insight, you know, from valued professionals um, and just had better experiences initially if I had just said, it's okay that, that I don't know anything. Obviously I'm here for a reason. They must've seen something. Uh, so definitely the confidence, asking more questions, not being afraid to, to just not know and, and to ask someone, hey, help me out. Start me from ground zero. I've heard that a number of times on previous shows, Wendy, which is interesting to, to hear you share that. And one of the things I've, I was thinking about as, as you were, were talking was, and listening into to kind of the impact of, of you not being able to do that is, is providing an opportunity for those people that are new within your company or ours, a safe place to ask those questions, right? I think more times than not, they're the new person, maybe you know, junior in their career, and then they're surrounded by a bunch of people that have been at the company forever, and it's kind of a already existing culture. And how would they ever feel comfortable with that? I, I don't, I don't know many people that would. So, kind of intentionally finding a way to say, "Hey, new hires, safe for you to ask questions to Sally Smith or Joe Jones or whoever it is," and then build up your confidence in that regard. I think safety is a terribly important thing when trying to make people feel comfortable to ask and share. Yeah, absolutely. That the emotional and, and social safety, you know, to feel comfortable um, asking, sharing, and speaking up. Um, it, nothing deliberate that we've done on our end, but I am so pleased with what I see with the new talent that comes into the organization in terms of their confidence and comfort in doing that. Uh, I, I think that uh, you know, particularly at this location, the leadership has done such a great job of just opening the lines of communication. And so questions and observations pretty naturally flow. Uh, so I've been, I've been happy to see that. I, I don't see people making the same mistake that I did, fortunately. Oh, good, awesome, good for you. Well, hey, you've been, you've been a great guest. I appreciate you being on the show and I'm gonna get you out of here on this last question, which ties into the book and the podcast. and why I'm doing all this to get together with super great people like yourself and share ideas with uh, those that are listening in. So uh, the book is called HR Like a Boss. The podcast is HR Like a Boss. So I'm curious, how would you describe someone that does HR Like a Boss? Well, I'm gonna uh, start this the same way I started the first question. To me, it's all about alignment. Um, HR has this very special role to connect the dots um, within the organization. And I think if you think about HR, you have this unique view. You almost have a bird's eye view, um, like you have a window looking out onto the entire organization and you see how it's all working together. You see how people and process and technologies and organizational competence and culture and leadership and all of those things are, are working together to drive the results that you're seeing. But other people don't see that. It's not for any reason other than they just don't have the visibility that HR does. So HR needs to be just constantly talking about those connections. So if, if we're talking about a business result that we achieved, HR needs to be the one saying, and yeah, did everyone notice how so-and-so improved in this area to contribute to that? Or did everybody notice how these two teams collaborated to get there? Did everybody notice how we leveraged that new investment to get there? Because others, again, they just don't have the fortune of having this window out over the organization. And if HR can start connecting those dots, you just see light bulbs go on in people's head 
and they start to say, okay, now I do see that connection. So I'm gonna make sure we have that connection again because that connection really seemed to work. But to me, it's all about just aligning everything in the organization and helping people understand how it all fits together. Yeah, that alignment and connectivity ends up driving business results, which then raises the value of HR because you're the one there kind of sometimes behind the scenes and in front of the scenes, making sure that those dots are being connected. So great point, Wendy, appreciate you sharing that. And I, I wanted to uh, sincerely thank you for being on today's show. You, you mentioned a few things that really stood out to me. Obviously we talked about alignment and connecting the dots and connectivity, the importance of cultural identification for human resources and you talked about a story 10 years or so ago about it was up to you to discover how that culture came about and uh, your leader, you and your leadership team figured out it was best to kind of dig into those valued employees that were really standing out from others to uh, share the culture that existed and the, what they wanted to be going forward. And then you've used that to continue to commit to continuous improvement with employee-led events, uh, with, with people raising their hand to want to do these things, which maybe uh, you wouldn't have done if, if you hadn't taken that, uh, you know, get, getting that insight from that employee population. And, and two last things you mentioned, I love the uh, failing forward, encouraging people to make mistakes. Uh, it's just one idea that we had that didn't quite work out. So let's not try to do that again. And to ask as many questions as you possibly can uh, at any point in your career, especially when you're, when you're new and creating that safe place for others to be able to do that. So thank you, Wendy. It was really insightful. I appreciate you being on. Thanks. I appreciate you having me. Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review and better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR.